there is something special about worship, and, and I just loved how, how you brought us into that place with the prayer that you prayed, Emmanuel, with just that spirit and truth. And there's something about what God is busy with. And went to a meeting this week, and it was a meeting with church leaders across Benito. And, and there was just a, a thing of saying that there's such incredible promises over our city. <clears throat> over our people and and God is busy doing something amazing here but there's there's obviously the enemies contending for ground at the same time and I've been working through some of this in my own heart and just trying to figure out Lord where, where is it that you're saying we must go what must we do and and I'm going to jump around a bit and, and and bear with me but a scripture has been on my heart a lot this week and actually for the, probably the last two weeks, and it, and it says here in, in Jeremiah 29 verse 7, it says, But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile, and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. And, and I was just looking at us this morning as we've gathered here, and not one of us is from this area. Um, actually, every single one of us here has been brought into this area from outside. It says here, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. And there's been a stirring in my heart to contend for the region that we're in, to contend for this, this city that we've been put in. And, and, and each one of us has been sent here for a season with a purpose to, to do something that God is busy with. And what a privilege that is. And, and the byproduct of it is as we pray to God on behalf of the welfare of the city, so in that we will find our own welfare. We, we will realize the things that God has for us as well. And, and it goes on to say in, in Jeremiah 29, 11, it's, a, it's one of those coffee cup scriptures that we know that we see all over the place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil. Plans to give you a future and a hope. Or plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And, and I was just thinking about the statement, for I know the plans I have for you. I know the plans I have for you. God's got incredible plans over each one of us. And He knows what plans there are. And in Jeremiah 29 verse 12, something happens and it says, Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. Where do we see the outworking of the plans that he has for us? Well, when we enter his presence and we actually go in, in search of him. Because the plans are not the, the, the focus. The, the hope and the future are a byproduct of his presence. And we find in his presence, he reveals these incredible things that he has in store for us. In his presence, we find the welfare that we are seeking on behalf of our city, we, we find it for ourselves. And, and there's something about positioning ourselves in this that, that's really stirred. And, and, and this is just the, 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 almost the, the foundation from which I want to speak today as, as we contend for the community in which we've been placed. How do we do that and where is our perspective? And I think that's, so we are here. For however long we are here, this is, this is our region. And are we contending on its behalf for its welfare? Are we, are we praying to God on its behalf and saying, Lord, what a privilege it is for us to be here. And in that, 
as we seek God in, in um, Acts 17, it says there that we seek him and find him because he's actually not far from us. For each one of us in him, we have our, our live and have our being. There's something about actually when we find him, we realize that in him we breathe, we live, we have our being. Um, in the same scripture, it talks about the fact that he's determined that the allotted periods and the boundaries of our dwelling place so that we can seek him. And here it's saying we seek him for two reasons. We seek him on behalf of the people that we've been sent to look after. We've been sent to serve. We've been sent to encourage. We've been sent to love. And in that, we start to realize the plans that God has over each one of us. And, and there is an incredible plan that he has for us and over this region that we're in. But the thing is, this is a challenging time. And we know that we are in a season where we face opposition. Now for me, um, one of the things that's been stirring in my heart is if we are to take this kingdom by force, how can we do that without facing opposition? Because it's only in advancing into, king, into enemy territory that we realize that we face opposition. If we're not facing opposition, we're not gaining ground in enemy territory. And the enemy is contending for the same region that we are. So with that comes challenges. And and we've seen that. We've seen, it's been a tough season. And, and we know that the enemy <clears throat> is wanting to come and unhinge. He's wanting to come and hinder. He's wanting to get us to the point where we look upon the promises of God and see the enemy's influence and look and say, I can't do this. Um, Numbers 13 Uh, last verse of that, it's 33. Um, this is the report back of 10 of the 12 spies as they've gone in to look at the promised land. The land that God had promised over them. And, and one of the things that stood out for us in Equip, and I remember Emmanuel, you were sharing about this on the feedback session from Equip, is that they were never intended to go and determine whether or not they should take the land. They were just went to go and scout the land that God had already entrusted to them. But these guys came back. I think even you spoke about that, hey, Jen? That you come back and their response is, we cannot take this land. But that was not the, the, the mandate that was given to them. And it says in verse 33, it says, And there we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, who came from Nephilim, and we seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers, and so we seemed to them. We were at the Connect Time at Solid Ground this week in Impangeni, and, and Mark shared the scripture and, and his statement was how we perceive ourselves is how we think others perceive us too so here they say and we seem to ourselves like grasshoppers and so we seem to them they had already reduced themselves in the presence of their enemy and so that that's how they felt that their enemy perceived them In Isaiah 40, we see a different perspective. I find the scripture here. Um, it says in verse 21, Do you not know? Do you not hear? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? 
It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers. Who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to dwell in? Who brings princes to nothing and makes the rulers of the earth as emptiness? Same imagery used in Numbers 13 and Isaiah 40. There's this perspective of being seen as grasshoppers. The difference is, the one is from an earthly perspective of looking upon the giants in their lives and they felt like grasshoppers. And the other one is looking at the bigness of God and realizing that those giants were as grasshoppers to him. We look at the story of David and Goliath and we often retell it as the story of this giant who had this super overwhelming power over this young man who was small in stature in comparison and how it was an unfair battle. We tell it from the perspective of David was a grasshopper in comparison to Goliath. The difference is, I truly believe that David looked upon Goliath and he had this perspective that Goliath was a grasshopper in comparison to God. Therefore, he knew it was an unfair battle. David walked in there and he looks at this man and says, Who are you, you uncircumcised Philistine? That is not a man who is trembling, feeling like he's a grasshopper in that man's presence. That is a man who understands the bigness and the stature of God and looks at that man and says, Do you realize that in comparison to my God, you are as nothing? Who are you, you uncircumcised Philistine, that you are prepared to speak against my God in the way that you are? Different perspective. The battle was unfair. Goliath never stood a chance. And, and, and I just have a sense of stirring this morning, and um, we meant to be going through Acts 7, and, and, but, but I just had a sense this morning of changing our perspective. And how do we perceive the things of God, and how do we perceive the promises that He's given us, knowing that if we are to take this kingdom by force, we will face opposition. And we can look upon the opposition and say, I feel like a grasshopper in comparison. Or we can look upon the opposition and say, have you seen my God? In comparison to him, you are a mere grasshopper. The same one, Isaiah 40, who measured the heavens by the breadth of his hand and the water with the hollow of his hand. Who calls out the stars, each one, and he knows them by name. Not one of them is missing. Bigness of God. As we start to change our perspective and we see his majesty, that is the place where we get to see the plans that he has for us. We've had a couple of challenges recently and I've been looking at some things and um, we've seen some, some just opposition on the horizon. Some real problems that we look at and we think, I, I don't feel big enough to withstand what this is. But when we go back and we align them to the promises of God, our goal isn't to determine whether or not we proceed because there's opposition. Our goal is to proceed because God has given us a promise, irrespective of the opposition, knowing that He's the one that fights those giants in the first place. Do you look at the, the spies going in? I mean, both Joshua and Caleb, they wanted to stone them for the fact that these guys saw the promises of God and says, we want to go to the other side of the opposition. We want to go to the other side of the obstacles and walk into the fullness of the land, flowing with milk and honey, for in that place, we know that there's a supernatural inheritance for us. 
That was their desire. So, so that's their desire in the midst of this. But the but these guys look at it and they're actually on the on the verge of getting stoned for having that perspective, for looking upon the promises of God and saying, Lord, I'm going to contend for the things of you. Last night I had a, a weird experience, and for many people, this is anything but God. But for me, I know that God was speaking to me so clearly. And last night I went for a swim with the girls at about just after eight. We were swimming out in the, at the pool by many palms. And while we were swimming, a little snake jumped in the water and decided to swim with us. And like I say, most people will look at that and say, that's anything but God. But for me, I was in a place yesterday where I was saying, Lord, I need some perspective. I need you to speak to me and know that you're still in the plans that we're walking into. And the moment that happened was confirmation that God was speaking to me because this is a way that God speaks to me. And I was making a note this morning. In our, uh, We've got a, a document called What is God Saying? And every year we write down just the, the stuff that we feel, prophetic words that we've received as a family, things that we feel God is speaking to us. And I, and I made a note of this because it was so significant. Because two years ago we were here uh, at a a little bit of a recce mission to see where we were going to stay, where we were going to send our kids to school, what we were going to do. And we were staying in Amstlanka Sands and we were getting ready to go out for dinner and I was lying on the couch looking upon the ocean, thinking of how incredible it must be to live here. But there was this apprehension of, I don't know how we can do this. And I had a moment that I got sat, I was gripped by fear. And I opened the word and I went and looked at, I actually went to go look at Peter walking on the water. And the story that precedes it is the feeding of the 5,000. And I remember God saying to me quite clearly as I sat on this couch looking upon the, the ocean, I felt him say that the reason he took me to the story of the 5,000 was so that we can know that provision is taken care of. But then he took me to the story of Peter walking on the water and there's this moment when Peter looks upon the wind and that's when he starts to sink and I felt God say to me keep your eyes firmly fixed on Jesus and don't be distracted by the wind and it was a, it was an amazing moment and 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 but it, there was still this almost questioning Lord am I hearing your voice is this real and we went out for dinner that night and we took a walk along the promenade in Umschlange and as we were walking back Shanae almost stepped on this brown house snake and I remember picking the snake up on the promenade and looking at it. And it was God dropping in my heart. My boy, I've got you. I've got this. And last night, it was just a, a brought back to, the, to memory that moment of him saying, I've got this. Like, you've got to know that I'm in this and I'm invested in what's happening. And it was clear that God was speaking. And I had to realign my perspective from looking at the giants that we're facing and feeling like a grasshopper and saying, but do you know in comparison to my God that you are a grasshopper? Emmanuel says that we are seated in his presence. This morning as you were praying, we get to be seated. Our spirit, this new creation, is seated with him in his presence. And out of that place, 
is the overflow. Out of that place are the promises, the, the things, the, the victories, the faithfulness comes from there. Psalm 121. says, I lift my eyes up to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not, not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth forevermore. As we lift up our perspective and we see Him, as we see the bigness of God, so we get to walk in the fullness of the fact that He's the one that keeps us. I went for a, a motorbike ride with, with Dale yesterday and I looked down at my speedometer and I was going through this um, quite a, a, like a bit of a bumpy road, but I'm doing over 60 k's an hour on this road and I thought to myself, if we were in a car, there's no way we would be able to be going the speed that we're going. It's just, it, it wouldn't work. Um, but because we were on motorbikes, we had the right tools to navigate the treacherous routes ahead of us. And therefore it was fun and not, not scary. Therefore it was bringing life. And, and, and I just felt this morning prophetically for us that God's going to equip us with the right tools to navigate the pathways that we, we're on. And we might look at them and think, sure, I don't know how it's possible to get to the other side of these things. But actually when we walk in the fullness of the equipping that God's given us, the tools that he's given us, the handles that he's given us to walk through the gifts and the anointings, so he takes a treacherous route and turns it into an adventure. And, and the byproduct is, you get to the other side and you think, man, that was fun. Man, that was amazing. Man, I'm a better person because of what I've gone through. And, and none of us want to go through valley times. And I don't think any of us look upon valley times and say, I want to be in the valley. But there's an amazing thing is when we look back on the valley times, we see the fruitfulness of what God's done. And there's something that comes from that that is just so, so super, overwhelmingly supernatural. And we see that God is in this. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. So I want to end with, with this scripture. And last night when I walked back from um, the pool and, and I was sharing this the story with Shanae as to what happened with us with this little centipede eater that jumped in the pool with us. Um, she was busy having a quiet time and she had opened up to her scripture of the day. And it was this here, Colossians uh, 3 verse 2, and it says, Set your minds on things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. We lift our heads up above circumstances here on earth and look upon the glory of the King. I love that song, um, Beautiful, by Phil Wickham that we were singing this morning. And when the wedding day comes, we will look and say, you are beautiful. We are coming home. You are beautiful. We are coming home. The day will come where we get to spend eternity in His presence, where we get to transition from our journey of being saved to one day we are saved 
fully in the, 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 the glorified version of how he intended us to be. We'll get to stand in his presence fully, fully, fully looking upon his face. But right now we continue. Knowing that we have access to who he is, we are not dwelling for an eternity that is to come. But we have a mission and a mandate here. And so we contend on behalf of our city. We contend on behalf of the place that we have been sent so that we can transform the lives of those around us. And in it, we will find our welfare. We will find the welfare of the city. We will see the plans that God has for us. But more than anything, we will find His presence and out of His presence, incredible things will happen. So my challenge to us is as we go about doing our things and as we have our moments where the reality, we, we stand before giants. And we will. Because that is part of our, our inheritance here on earth is we get to take this kingdom by force. And as such, we face an enemy that is powerful. Enemy that the, the word says is roaring around looking to kill, steal and destroy. But, my prayer over us is in those moments when we see giants, we will see a God who measured the heavens by the breadth of his hand and we will look upon them and say, in comparison to my God, you are a mere grasshopper. And close with Isaiah 40. We've read a portion of that already. Then in verse 11, he will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. And then at verse 12, it says, Who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and marked off the heavens with a span, enclosed the dust of the earth in a measure, and weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance? Who has measured the spirit of the Lord or what man shows him his counsel? Whom did he consult and who made him understand? Who taught him the path of justice and taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding? Behold, the nations are like a drop from a bucket and are counted as dust on scales. Behold, he takes up the coastlands like fine dust. Went and collected some seashells yesterday. And man alive, these are like the gift that keeps on giving. Every time I look, there's more sea sand coming out of them. And I've shaken them, I've, I've banged them, I've, and, and then I'll put them down and I'll come up and there's just like this little pile of sea sand. Like, I don't know where they're storing the sea sand. But man alive, there's sea sand everywhere. And here it says there, Behold, he takes up the coastlands like fine dust. It says, Lebanon would not suffice for fuel, nor its beasts enough for a burnt offering. If you look at the cedars of Lebanon and it's referenced throughout scripture, the expanse of the wood from there would not suffice for fuel in the sacrifice to God. All the nations are as nothing before him. They are counted by him as less than nothing, as emptiness. To whom then will you liken God, or what likeness compare with him? An idol, a craftsman crafts it, and a goldsmith overlays it with gold and casts for it silver chains. 
He who is too impoverished for an offering chooses wood that will not rot. He seeks out a skillful craftsman to set up an idol that will not move. Do you not know? Do you not hear? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth and his inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to dwell in, who brings princes to nothing and makes the rulers of the earth as emptiness. Scarcely they are planted, scarcely sown, scarcely their stem taken root in the earth when he blows on them and they wither and the tempest carries them off like stubble. To whom then will you compare me that I should be like him? Says the Holy One, lift up your eyes on high and see who created these, who brings out their hosts by number, calling them all by name. By the greatness of his might and because he is strong in power, not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, my right is disregarded by my God? Have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not grow faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. We're feeling in a place where we have no might. God, I thank you that you increase our strength. Even youths shall grow faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. The same God who calls out the heavens, who knows each star by name, is the same one that lifts us up holds us close to his heart. The same one who lifts us up and shepherds us tenderly. He's the same one who gives us power and gives us strength. He's the same one that re-energizes us when we feel exhausted. Lord Jesus, I pray over us, Lord. I pray, Father, for the giants that we are facing. And I pray for a heavenly perspective. I pray this morning, Lord, that you will lift our chins up so that we can see the fullness of who you are. Your majesty and your might. And I thank you, Lord, that it's, it's out of that place that you have chosen for us to be called your sons and daughters. We are not the children of a small God. We are not the children of a worthless God. We are not the children of a, a, a hopeless God. Ah, Lord Jesus, I just thank you, Father, for your washing presence over us right now. For a revelation of your bigness and a revelation of the authority that we walk in because of that as your children. All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Now that go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Just pray for a manifestation of who you are, Lord Jesus. And I pray for us, Lord, that as we head into the next season, Lord, and as we contend for your people, I pray for an incredibly profound heavenly perspective. That we will look upon the fruits of the promises that you've given and say, give us this. Give us the hill country. Let's pray for more of you, King.
more of your presence and your power in Jesus' mighty name.